Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Life, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. Bob Rathbun bidding you welcome, and welcome to the month of March. Yes, it is finally here. March Madness has arrived. Lots of great conference tournaments getting underway that we'll touch on here in our podcast this week. And my guest, who was named today the ACC Women's Basketball Coach of the Year, Wes Moore from NC State, will be joining me in just a moment. You can follow Wes at Wolfpack Wes on Twitter. Pack Women B-Ball is the NC State Women's Basketball Twitter handle. Follow that as well. And, of course, follow us for all the late-breaking news. We're coming down the stretch with our own March Madness as we line up our postseason awards at Naismith Trophy on both Instagram and Twitter. Lots to get into. Our Jersey Mike's news and notes begin with those conference tournaments. And for the women, the ACC will be in Greensboro. We'll talk more with Wes about that in just a moment. The SEC women get underway in Nashville, South Carolina, the number one seed, the number one team in the country. They've won six of the last seven SEC women's tournaments. And the Pac-12, with Stanford as the top seed, kicks off in Vegas. Now, the men are coming down the stretch in the Power Six conferences with their regular season races. And we want to uh, shift our focus to the Big East because the Providence College Friars, one of the great stories in college basketball this year, they have wrapped up the Big East regular season title. But I'm afraid it's going to come with an asterisk. They play at Villanova on Tuesday. And a lot of folks, particularly those at Villanova, crying foul a bit because PC had three conference games canceled due to COVID. They had a home game with UConn and road games at Creighton and Seton Hall all canceled. And that, by virtue of the fact they will not play the full complement of conference games, they have already clinched the Big East title with a week to go. But that takes nothing away from PC's season and the fact that PC and Nova are still jockeying for seeding in the NCAA tournament. Joe Lenardi's latest has Villanova a third seed and PC a number four seed. So still a lot on the line tonight at Villanova. Of course, the entire nation will be focused on Cameron Indoor Stadium at Duke University on Saturday for Coach K's final home game as they traditionally close the regular season with North Carolina. And what a night that is going to be. Six o'clock is game time at Cameron. And in the Pac-12, we've got a couple of interesting games. Tuesday, Arizona plays at Southern Cal. You can watch that one if you're up late on the East Coast. It'll be on ESPN at 11 p.m. And then coming up this weekend, USC will play at UCLA, the second game of the Crosstown rivalry there. That's at 10 p.m. on ESPN. In the Big Ten, Iowa at Illinois will be the headliner in that as the Big Ten regular season race comes to a conclusion. And the one-bid leagues will be getting their tournaments underway by Sunday. These teams will have their bids decided for the NCAA tournament, OVC, Big South, and Missouri Valley. And if you're already starting to think about your bracket and you want to consider a team out of a one-bid league that might do some damage and sneak through that first weekend, keep your eye on Murray State. Now, a couple of years ago, all eyes were on Ja Morant, and they still are with what he's doing for the Memphis Grizzlies. But Memphis, uh, Murray State rather, has retooled their ball club. They've added five new guys. They've, they have dominated the OVC once again this year. They've got a 6'10 center that will be tough to deal with. Murray State might be a matchup nightmare and make it through to the Sweet 16. We'll have more on that, of course, as we get into the NCAA tournament pairings and brackets, etc., in a couple of weeks. So that's going to do it for our Jersey Mike's News and Notes. 
Standing by is the head coach of the Wolfpack women, Wes Moore. He'll join us to talk about NC State, the great ACC women's basketball race this year, and much, much more, his personal background. It's all coming up right after this from Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's would like to dedicate the next three seconds to our new grilled portobello mushroom and Swiss sub. Trust us, it tastes good too, because fresh ingredients make a sub above. It is a pleasure to connect with our Warner Ladder Naismith Collegiate Coach of the Year finalist, the head coach of the Wolfpack women and ACC regular season champions as of this Monday morning. He's Wes Moore on the line with us from Raleigh. Coach, good morning and congratulations. Well, thank you. Got a special group of uh, seniors. And uh, again, it's this league is brutal. Uh, so I'm really proud of the way they have uh, grinded it out and, and uh and just continued to get better, and it's it's been a great a great season. Wes, it really is a tremendous league. Uh, to win it outright, going seventeen and one, is amazing. To fend off Louisville to win it, but it's also significant. It's the first time that the Wolfpack women have won it outright since nineteen ninety. That's a few semesters ago. So this is a pretty significant accomplishment, despite the fact, of course, you've you've won the ACC tournament a couple of times. But to win this regular season grind is something special. No doubt. And you're right. Uh, it's been a long, long time. And of course, I was fortunate to be with Kay Yow in the mid '90s, and uh, she's the person that built this program and this tradition here at NC State. And uh, it's just really great for our players, our fans, uh, to be able to celebrate a regular season championship. It's been way too long. So, uh, again, I think uh, you know the thing about the regular season that's over three months. Uh, whereas the conference tournament's over three days. And don't get me wrong, winning those back-to-back -back ACC tournaments the last two years were really special. Uh, but it's also great to be able to do it over the long haul of a, of a three-month season. So, again, uh, great accomplishment by our players. Wes, when you were at State and decided to leave to embark on your Division One head coaching run at Francis Marion and Chattanooga, did you ever see it coming full circle that you'd be back in Raleigh? No way. I really didn't. And in fact, when I left NC State and went to Francis Marion uh, to be the head coach, of course, uh, Francis Marion's Division Two, and I had a lot of people tell me, you're crazy, you're ne you'll never get back to D1. And uh, But, you know, you got to be happy. you got to be happy where you're at. And uh, I miss being a head coach. Uh, you know, I lost, uh, I took a pay cut. I lost my courtesy car. I had to had a great friend and great coach who's no longer with us, Tony Cross from Belmont University, and he was selling his uh, his wife's old Honda Accord. Then I lost my courtesy car. I had to fly out to Nashville and buy that car from him and, and drive it back so, so I'd have a means of transportation. But, you know, looking back on it, I wouldn't change a thing. And then to be back here at NC State, my wife's from North Carolina, obviously had been here and, and knew about the great tradition and, and the support that the women's program uh, would receive. And, uh, you know, I'd had some other opportunities through the years, but I just loved Chattanooga so much, loved UTC and the people there. Uh, but when this opportunity came, uh, you know, I couldn't pass it up. And uh, obviously I'm so thankful uh, that it worked out the way it did. But just looking at how I got here and, and, and coming back to NC State and all that, it's truly amazing uh, the journey, and again, been very blessed and, and helped by a whole lot of people. Wes, you've won everywhere you've been. 
um, coach of the year eight different times in three conferences. But I wanted to ask you, how did you get into this crazy business? Because like a lot of people in the women's game, you started first with men uh, and then switched over at Maryville College in 1987 to take over a fledgling program. What what was going on? Did you always want to be a head coach or be a coach? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I went, I played at a real small school, Johnson. Now it's called Johnson University in in the Knoxville, Tennessee area. And uh, you know, I would work a year. So, you know, I didn't get a full ride scholarship, anything like that. So I'd work and then go back. And it took me a while. And actually, when I got married, we I dropped out of school uh, for a year or two there and was working in sales. And I uh, just finally decided, you know what, I, I love sports so much, uh, I got to go back. I got to go back to school, which was hard on my wife and her family. We both had good jobs, and now we're picking up and moving back to Johnson and got my degree there and then went to University of Tennessee and, uh, you know, was Pat Summit, you know, and so I was around mm-hmm. it a lot. And uh, when I got, got done, really the only coaching on the men's side I'd had was where I played at Johnson, they had me be almost like a, you know, grad assistant or whatever for a couple of years. And I helped with the team that I had played for, but really I didn't have a whole lot of experience. I had two job opportunities. One of them was a high school there in Knoxville coaching boys. And I had to teach science, I think five or six times a day. And the only reason I was certified in science was because I'd been a PE major that had taken a lot of science. (laughs) I would have had to study more than the kids. And I was kind of tired of studying. <laughs> and my other option, Maryville College, D3. They've been 1-25 the year before. They wanted me to coach basketball, fast-pitch softball, be intramural director. And uh, they wanted to pay me, I think, 6000 a year, but I negotiated them up to 10000 a year. Uh, but uh, I just felt like, hey, I'd rather go out recruiting and do those things than teach science and study for science class every night. So, uh, just, um, again, one of those decisions that you look back on and just so thankful. And I have a lot of those in my life. So uh, that's what I say. I've been very blessed. But, you know, uh, once I got into coaching women, there was no way I would change. I I love their uh, work ethic, uh, their discipline. I love the fact, you know, that uh, most of them are truly student athletes. They want to get that education and uh, just enjoy being around them. Always recruited great kids and high character people and and uh that's what's made it so much fun so uh again very very fortunate that it worked out the way it did and that i was able to and again pat summit had a big influence uh used to watch her practices a lot work her camps and when i got to chattanooga that first summer she said let's start playing opening weekend every year and we did that so uh owe a lot of it to pat summit and her influence as well Wes, your teams through the years have been fanatical about doing the little things right for 40 minutes. Where did that come from? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I I just, uh, like I said, I've always recruited good kids. And so uh, maybe we weren't first-team All-Americans coming out of high school. You know, I joked when we played Tennessee, you know, they – their whole team was McDonald's All-Americans, and my whole team ate at McDonald's in high school, you know. So, uh, But uh, just, you know, hardworking kids that are focused. And uh, so we have to do the little things. And, uh, uh, you know, I think you just repetition. You know, you just keep putting it. I know they probably get sick of it sometimes, uh, but you just keep stressing them. And, you know, I think John Wooden said big things 
or because of a lot of little things done well, and I'm a firm believer in that. You got to do the got to do the little things. It's it's a whole bunch of little battles going on during the game. Uh, a lot of you know one on one competition, and uh, whoever wins the most of those battles is going to end up winning the war. So uh, again, just uh, paying attention to detail and stressing things and going over and over and over. Uh, again, I think makes a big difference. You know, for those of us in college athletics, guys like you and me, Wes, we get older, amazingly, but the kids stay the same age. Um, how do you bridge the generation gap as you continue to coach? Well, I think you got to be passionate about what you do, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I think I go into practice every day and into games, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm focused and hopefully prepared and, uh, just try to bring energy. I'm passionate, like I said. So sometimes, you know, that may come across, oh, that's harsh or whatever. But I think the players know you care about them. And if they know uh, that you have their best interests at heart and that you're trying your best to do everything you can to help make them successful, uh, then I think that, that, that bridges the gap some. And, and you got to have some fun, you know, uh, on the court, definitely all business. And that's probably the only side – some people see the fans and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but off the court, you got to have fun with them, you know, and whether it's uh, when you're in the Bahamas, uh, you know, going down the jumping off cliffs and, and uh, going down the major slides and all that at the water park or whatever it is, you got to have fun. I had a parent say several years ago, coach, you work hard, but man, you play hard too. So uh, I want to, I want to have fun with them and, uh, and have that relationship as well. Well, Wes, we know you're getting ready for the ACC tournament, but I I did want to ask you a quick question about the NCAAs. And I know coaches don't like to look ahead and all that, but we fans do. There's an interesting dynamic going on with the with the where the tournaments are on the women's side this year. And Greensboro is hosting a, a a regional, and so is Bridgeport, Connecticut. Now, you're odds on you're you're you and Louisville are going to be number one seeds, of course, but it doesn't look like at least the projections that came out this morning that you are going to go play in Greensburg, they're going to send you to Connecticut if this, you know, what we read holds true. But I was just wondering about any preference at all. I know that you just worried about the task at hand. I got that. But just having a regional so close that might go to South Carolina as the top seed and, and you guys, Louisville and, and NC State would have to go elsewhere. Any thoughts on that? Well, sure. I'd rather play in Greensboro. You know, that's where the ACC tournament is. It makes it easier for your fans. I think we'd have great support there. Uh, but I realize it's also uh, proximity-wise, it's close to Columbia, South Carolina, and and uh, they've earned the number one seed, and so they're going to get, I'm sure, the, the preference there. Uh, you know, again, like you said, you can't worry a whole lot about it. Uh, you know, I do think it's if you end up going to Bridgeport, I think it's tough if they let Connecticut play there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a big advantage for them. Uh, but again, that's uh, above my pay raise. I'm not involved in that. So, uh, but yeah, you know, definitely would love to love to slide over to Greensboro and play there. But uh, it's out of our control, and all we can do is concentrate on on uh, getting better as basketball teams. Well, Wes, you got such a great team. I can't let you get away without singing the praises of your upperclassmen. Uh, your seniors, Kayla Jones and Elisa Kinane, have been remarkable. Um, Elisa, you know, could very well be named the ACC Player of the Year here coming up. Uh, incredible depth. I mean, you've got 
so many guys, uh, players back, not only super seniors, but regular seniors, fifth-year seniors, you name it. Uh, the depth, not only for your team, but through the entire league, is just second to none. That's what's made it so great. But talk a little bit about your seniors. Yeah, you know, it's a special group. Uh, Kayla Jones and Kai Crutchfield, obviously, are fifth-year kids. We call the super senior due to COVID. Uh, they both decided to come back, and and I think a big part of that was, you know, they want to try to rewrite the last chapter. Uh, obviously disappointed that we didn't get deeper in the tournament a year ago. Rainer Perez, uh, what can I say? Everybody loves that kid. I always say they, uh, the show, everyone, everybody loves, everyone loves Raymond or whatever. They need to change it. Everyone loves <laughs> Raymond uh, because uh, she's just been such a blessing. On one hand, I'm frustrated or disappointed that I only get her for two years instead of four. But on the other hand, we could have just had her for one if it hadn't have been for the, the COVID season. So uh, thankful to have her back as well. Elisa Kinane, obviously a program changer for us uh, from day one. And, uh, you know, she's uh, going to be, you know, projected to go high in the draft. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll move on and go to that, that uh, second career or whatever for her. Uh, and then uh, Kayla... Uh, uh, I think one more, maybe we got four. I guess just those four. Uh, they've all been great impact players for us. Um, and again, uh, you know, all our success this year, 17 and one in the ACC is a big accomplishment and had some really big wins. And uh, they've left quite a legacy here. You know, they've already got two ACC tournament championships now, regular season. Uh, three straight Sweet 16s, which, again, I know we were disappointed in that a year ago, uh, but that's why they're back, to see if we can maybe rewrite that chapter. Well, Wes, it's all ahead of you. Uh, we wish you the best in Greensboro this week and on to the NCAA tournament, and we really do appreciate you taking time. And, and who knows, maybe we'll see you at the Final Four. That'd be great. I just uh, appreciate you having me on and appreciate all you guys do for women's basketball. Thanks so much. That will do it for this week. Thanks so much to Coach Moore, and good luck to NC State and all the teams as they enter tournament play and the end of regular season play this week. Until next week, this is Bob Rathman thanking you for joining us, and we'll see you here next time on A Trophy Line.